the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Wanatupop, who is our financial expert, and Andrew Lieb, who is our legal eagle, and myself, the real estate guru. And, of course, I have my favorite insurance guy who knows everything about insurance, Mike Conti. And Happy New Year, Mike. New Year, Dottie. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're feeling better. I know last week you were oh. a little bit under the weather, so uh, let's hope that that continues. Uh, nice to be here. Hello, everyone. Good morning. And um, what a great just, day it is today, right? I mean, beautiful. it's beautiful outside. It's 60 degrees, and it was freezing two days yeah. ago. But you know what? Like I said, you could get bored with Florida weather every day also. That's always nice. I mean, so, well, you know. I you brought it to us, Dottie. <laughs> As soon as Thank I get you. off the phone, I'm going to take off, take down the Christmas lights because it's a great day to do that. So. Yes, it is a good day. Yes. It's a good idea. Let me ask but, you something. I want to ask you a question. I read about this family in Atlanta who purchased their first home. They left for a week to visit their family for the holidays. And while they were gone, a squirrel fell down the chimney. And the flute, they left the flute in the chimney open by the, uh, it was left open by the previous owners and they didn't realize that. And the family had a notice that it was opened. And a squirrel ran throughout the house for a week, causing extensive damage. Scratched floors, chewed baseboards, chewed windows, frames, and door frames. Not to mention they probably pooped all over the place. Okay, um, the squirrels even managed to turn on the hot water. I don't know how the squirrels turned on the hot water, but it says the squirrels turned on the hot water Crazy. In, the, in the kitchen sink <laughs> and left it on for several days. They must have been very strong squirrels to do that. Talented. However, yes, talented. Okay, they swam in the toilet. Okay, so I guess they like to exercise a little bit. So they had the house to themselves. They swam in the toilet, and eventually the squirrel burrowed itself in the couple's new sofa where they built a nest. Wow. So they called the insurance adjuster, and the family was informed that the insurance company will not cover any of the damages because the squirrel is a rodent. Yet, if it had been a raccoon, they would cover the damages. So I don't get that. Tell us. What is it? Mike. 
All right, let me let me. Th- this is like the uh, textbook case, but let me back up. So you, you've seen on television these sinks where you touch the faucet and the water goes on. So I'm almost sure that probably that's the type of faucet they had in oh, the right. house because things like that occur all the time. Because how could but, a squirrel turn on the water? Well, I mean, they'd have to yeah, be Daddy, a super I, squirrel. Well, well, if they I, Mike, you're ruining my squirrel. image. Mike, I had this oh. vision of super squirrel, yes. and he was like turning. <laughs> he had a cape. He had a cape, Dottie. Yes. I was going to do a whole show. Yes, Marvel. that would be great. Shoot, super squirrel. Yeah, he can be a new star, like Mighty Mouse. Yeah, right. well, exactly. We, not, we, we've had claims with those faucets where, you know, the baby comes over and the nephew comes over, they hit it in the bathroom or something, and no one even knows it's on. So, so we've heard a lot about that. So that's the easiest part of this claim. But... Technically, I mean, you know, many people not, you know, have mice and rats in their house and they do all kinds of damage. And that's why the exclusion exists, because rodents are so uh, widespread. They're all over the place. So that class of animal that's in the rodent family, any damage from that is excluded. Can you get insurance? Like, can you get special insurance for rodents? Not that I'm aware of, because, you know, remember, insurance is designed to cover events that won't happen, and having a mouse in the house is likely to occur, believe me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mike, you just said I get insurance for events that won't happen? (laughs) Right. I'm, like, totally confused. Yeah, well, that's why the insurance company makes money. (laughs) Yeah, they're smart, Toddy. You hear this? Hey, us, so things that won't happen. (laughs) You, I misspoke. It's, it's events that are not likely to happen. Is that oh, I, I'm fine with either. I'm just confused. It's like a fire, so, you know. I mean, that's not likely to happen. It could happen, but but so so they exclude rodent damage because it's it's just it's all over the place. I mean, you know, especially like here we are. I'm I'm always amazed. I'm in a two and a half story house here in in New Jersey. I go in the attic. I got mice in the attic. I'm like, how do they get up there? You know, they they I don't have any sign of them anywhere else but they run up the side of the building so it, it's very interesting with the mice uh, uh with, with the but rodent wait, so, damage. So, also, so a raccoon is not considered a rodent and anything that i'm not going to sit here and, and go through whatever animal but if a raccoon is not in the rodent family it would be covered like we have deer that shoot through the window from time to time that's mm, covered that's uh you know uh or a bear br- rips the door off the off the back back uh, shed that would be covered as well these are not rodents and and these animals you know they exist here in north jersey as well so so anything non rodent family would be covered s- sustaining damage we have situations well, in the city well i'm just curious if when you call when you talk to us again if you find out about raccoons cuz i would yeah i, I want to know i you know cuz raccoons are pretty i've had them in my but, attic they're scary and, they're scary and, uh, as I heard that covered provided they're not in the in the rodent family. I'll look into that. But but yeah, please if, tell if us they're not in the rodent family. They are. Uh, I think they're they're definitely mammals. So I well, oh maybe uh, so they are. Rats, we have to find out. I don't even know. If yeah, I want to know. Yeah, we you, have you to take, find out. So, for example, in Manhattan, right, you have rats chewing through wires all the time. We we see more fires because of that than anything. Um, where and where that's not rats, covered. Is that no. is that what I'm understanding? If a rat makes a fire, there's no coverage. 
the fire is covered. The, the, the oh, okay. fire okay. is always covered. Okay, but, Got but it. the damage. Let's say it doesn't evoke into a fire, but they just chew through the, the electrical lines, which they do all the time. And you know, we get the call where we have no electric in the building, and then they find out a rat ate through the lines. Ugh. You know, and Ugh. you know it happens. It does happen. I know. But please. I tell you what. The reason I called today was I got a little bit of a different topic. I'll make it quick and and I'll get off the phone. No, no, uh, no. Tell us. Tell us. But I just I, had to I, ask you that question yeah, because no, it's kind I'm of bizarre and I'm sure it doesn't happen a lot. But I've had raccoons, so I've had them and I can right. and I and they had little little uh, marks and I heard them scurrying over, you know. But so but you you Tell us about what's going on with the, you know, with so, the pipes well, in California, and what about p- freezing pipes? You know, if they burst, what, 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 what do people need to know about? Uh, oh, okay, I just got my assistant handed me a note. The raccoon is not a rodent. Raccoons are members of the Proconoid family, so they're not rodents. So any raccoon damage would be covered. There we go. There Problem we go, solved. everyone. It. So it better be a raccoon or over a squirrel. <laughs> right. Okay, sure. thank you, Mike. But, my but Mike, can so, raccoons turn on the water? That's what I want to know. Well, you know what? I'm if they fine. hit that faucet <laughs> that, that, that you tap to turn on, yeah. And they're a member, uh, I'm going to spell this, I can't even say it, P-R-O-C-Y-O-N-I-D family, Procoinid family. I That's never heard members, the word. Yeah, neither did I. Members of the Procoinid family. Hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, see, now anyway. we learned that they're not, you know, I had massives, and you know something, they're so big, they could open sliding doors, so they would just walk out, they just take their noses and just open the doors and go outside, and yeah. so, you know, I had to do a whole number on changing the house so that they couldn't get out, because they could just, they're that big, they could just, they learned how to just take the nozzle, just put their noses into the doors and open sliding doors. So that's a good thing. But what, what, what? All the stuff so, that's going on now, Mike. I mean, well, so it, you know what? In the in the spirit of today's show, with predictions and whatnot, and and what we can what expect do you in predict? 2000. Well, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that came out the other day. It was very interesting. It spoke about social inflation, and I had never heard the term. I've been in the business a few years. So I started reading the article, and social inflation speaks about the change in the uh, amount of judgments or, or the frequency of large judgments that are being awarded to um, plaintiffs. Uh, and that's, an, that's a concern because that's, that's a factor that drives insurance costs up. Now, in about, I guess it was May of last, uh, in May of 19, we had, one of the customers was on eggshells because they had a trip fall in front of their building. And typically, the trip falls, I've seen them through the years, they settle out seventy, ninety, hundred and ten thousand dollars $110,000. It depends this, on the damages, Mike. The right. amount, does, like but, when you do a trip fall, it depends on how much they get injured to know how much the settlement right. amount is going to be. I agree. Yeah, I, I know. But but a lot of them that a lot of them that I've seen through my career were in that range. So okay. and, and I don't know the damages. I'm just okay. So said? so your prediction? So, well, you're seeing them go up. They're saying and they're getting so, rewarded a lot more money. Yeah, so what you're going to see is you're going to see, and we, you're going to see the availability of, of liability coverage shrink. You're going to see the cost of the underlying liability go up. And that brings me to, you know, the age-old question, how much, insur- how much liability insurance should I carry? Right. 
and and the rule of thumb and and here's the greatest story ever okay so i live in an apartment in manhattan right and it's a rental and i they don't even require me to have insurance but i have a hundred thousand dollars of liability i leave the faucet running and i damage the people downstairs and it turns out that mrs bachigaloup has two original botticellis well i got news for you a hundred thousand is not going to cover that that claim so the rule of thumb that i always tell people is what is your net asset value? What's your personal net worth? That's how much insurance you should be carrying wait, from a liability that, wait, side. Run that by me again. So, well, let's, you take let's do it whatever your net worth is. Right. So your obviously, if you have right. no money, you're not going to be taking out a big policy. Mm-hmm. There's and, no well, need. I know. And, if then, you lose, and therefore, who cares? As, uh, as my daughter, when she was hit by a car and she said, Mom, I'm fine, but a car hit me. And the cops are here, and you know what they said? S-O-L. I said, S-O-L, what does that mean? Well, I don't want to say the word S-H-I-T. We can't say that. S-H-I-T, out of luck. The man had no insurance, no license, so sorry, you can't really get a thing. So you're saying that if you have a lot of money, somebody's going to be suing you for more money, obviously. And people are very blind. It's I, not about how much they're going to sue you for. It's about how much you could lose. So if they right. sued you for $10 million and you only had 20000 well, you can't lose it. You, what's the difference? Right. So you, right. what you have to look at is how much money you could lose. And then the other question is, do you own this property as an LLC and are you renting it out? So if you're going to be renting it out and it's an LLC, you only have to worry about how much the property is worth, not how much your total value is. So – when you look at your own net worth, that's for property that you own in your own name, and that's a very important distinction there. And and the big the big question we we get people calling up and they you know they they buy a one bedroom for seven fifty and we suggest a million dollars of liability and oh that's way too high I don't need that much well you just bought an asset worth seven fifty I got to figure you got something else somewhere you know so I don't know what the hesitancy is in in protecting themselves but I think most of the, most th- people just don't understand why well that's see Mike I think and I really think that. We have a short show today, but I think one of the things that would be great if you would talk about, I don't think people really understand insurance. I mean, even when we had medical, we, you know, at Douglas Sullivan, we give medical insurance. And, you know, they were like, oh, it's too expensive. I said, you don't need a policy that covers you for a common cold. You no. want insurance that God forbid something bad happens and you're going yeah. to pay more for that. You don't need this stupid insurance that's cheap, but it doesn't cover anything. So you need I a surgery think, protection. I think yep. people well. don't understand that. And let me ask you now, with, we've been lucky, knock on wood, we haven't had too much snow, I don't think, and ice. But, like, if somebody falls and you're, like, on you know, like they're walking on your street or in front of your home and they fall on the ice or they slip on your front porch. Um, you're, aren't you liable for that? Well, you certainly are. And New York City now, I, the, the, the law changed. I'm going to say it was 2013. I'm not 100% sure, but the city did this mass transfer of all the sidewalks to all the building owners because up until then, I don't think they had ownership but they've always had the responsibility to keep it clear of snow and ice and now there's a law that says that after it, i 
think when it stops snowing, you have two hours to clear your sidewalk here in the city. And if you, you're supposed to keep logs of when the sidewalk was uh, shoveled and, and salted and maintained, you're supposed to keep a record so that uh, if you get a summons for not cleaning the sidewalk, you can present the evidence to, I guess, uh, uh, re- get rid of the summons. But but people don't do that. And now so I, I do these lawsuits. So let me just jump in for a second because I want to make sure our, our listeners know this is a major part of my practice in premises liability. So I want everyone to understand there's this law called the storm in progress doctrine and if you're in the city if you're in long island if you're upstate what i want you to remember is if the storm is still going you should not clean anything if you do clean it while the storm's going you're responsible if someone falls dotty wait say this again now let's talk about the suburbs where you have your own everywhere Okay. Yeah, so everywhere. If, you, if you're shoveling and the storm is still going, but you figure, like, let me get, like, I before it gets too high, I'll get some of it. Exactly. Then, and then let's say the mailman comes right. and the mailman falls and gets hurt. You're responsible. Wow. But if you would have left it alone, it's called the storm in progress doctrine. If you left it alone and didn't touch a thing and the mailman fell, you're not responsible. So as long as while the storm's in progress, you do nothing, you're not responsible. I'm going to tell you why. You asked why. In, they teach you this the first day of law school, and it's something I probably need to learn more of myself. And here's what they say. You have a duty to do very little in the state of New York. But once you do it, you have a duty to do it right. And because you started, you're telling the world that I'm going to make this a safe spot. And because you started and you didn't keep maintaining it and you didn't keep it salted and cleaned and someone fell, that's where the liability comes. So it's very important. You could go Google. It's called Storm in Progress Doctrine. I learned So important. I didn't have known that. Yeah, don't do anything while it's snowing. Wait till it's over, as Mike was saying, because people try and get a jump start on it, and then you're responsible if someone gets hurt. Please don't do that. Okay, but Mike, because we're getting into the colder months, hopefully, you know, spring is in the air, and will the groundhog will come, and I guess he sees his shadow. No, he doesn't see his shadow. Whatever. Um, whatever makes it sooner, whatever right, Dottie? Whatever makes it sooner. sooner. But, like, what <laughs> should people have? What kind of insurance minimally should they have during the cold months when pipes can freeze and that happened well, to me and whatever? You know, Dottie, Don, I'm going to just jump off. I'm going to say real quick, we got 71 days to spring. I'm just putting that out there. But generally speaking, oh. yeah, Jeez, yeah I, so I looked good. that up before we got on. Sounds Seven great, right? Dottie told me it's 60 today, though, so it's spring today. And yeah. East told me we already started the spring season. So, Mike, the 71 days is gone. I'm in spring tonight. Yeah, for sure. But uh, to to answer your question, you know, uh, most insurance contracts maintain that you uh, or, or require you to maintain heat in the home. That's a big thing. We 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 pay a lot of broken pipe claims. Uh, you'll see that when you get four or five days below zero, uh, the the systems are pushed to the limit, and that's where the pipes start to freeze. Mm-hmm. When you get a a one day call, you know, one day drop below zero, it's not a big thing. But you get three or four days below, we know the phones are going to ring off the hook because it, it's just too much for a lot of the older buildings. A lot of the newer buildings as well are just not built. And uh, I have uh, a se- second home, people. Like I know my house in the Hamptons, I leave the heat on because you can't shut it off. If you right. get a freeze, then you'll blow up your whole all your pipes. Right. But what and I'd love you more- to do, Mike, on our next, whenever you, when, when you come on like next week or the week after, was I'd love you to talk about, let's say you're buying a home for the first time and, and, or you're renting something for the first time. What, like, obviously, you know, the more you have to take, the more at risk you are. If you have nothing, they cannot take too much. But 
what is the minimum kind of things that we should be looking at? I just don't think people really know, and sometimes they just look for a cheaper policy, not realizing, uh, you know, that maybe yeah. that's not smart. And, and it depends on how close you live to the water, because you know I'm from Scotty, Long Island originally. Th- this, is, this is ties into the AI topic, okay? Believe it or not, because there's so much emphasis now to go online and buy your own insurance, but you really need to speak to someone so you could understand their lifestyle. So if you said to me, look, I got a summer house, but we're there every week. We, they, we won't miss a week because we love it. It's our salvation. Well, that's a different situation than a guy that says, look, we have a, a, a vacation home, but we maybe we get up there once a year. So every situation is different, and every situation you know there are ways to buy insurance and spend money to buy insurance and there are just Mike, ways to protect maybe yourself. we could do that i mean like you know i hope you leon next week or the week after and you could talk about that i really think that's so beneficial and so many people are going online and they don't really like one size doesn't fit all we have a short show by the way today again they're cutting us off because of some games so we have 15 more minutes but we have a break now. We'll be back 866-970 or 866-970-9622. Mike, come back next week and we'll talk. Um, and if you have any questions for Mike or send them to us or send them to me or Ace or Andrew and we'll make sure Mike gets the mic. I need hey, your address. Oh, well. You know, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to you listening to AM970, The Answer. You get great discounts on all MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials, get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. Mike is offering a first-time buy one, get one free offer today on Giza Sheets. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go, please, to MyPillow.com and click Click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. I'm telling you, when I sleep in my bed, I think of you. I really do because it's so comfortable. I have the mattress topper. I have the my pillow, but I have these Giza sheets and I have the uh, pillowcases, the Giza pillowcases. I'm getting the best night's sleep because of that. Enter promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798 for these great specials. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just $19.95. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! 
Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and again, time goes so quickly. We have a shorter show today, and I think ends at 11.45 because, again... They think that game is more important than us. <laughs> Can you believe that? Nonsense, Dottie. Nonsense. I mean, really? I mean, I think they got it mixed up here, you know? Um, huh. But so, but but I just like, as far as like Ace was saying, the insurance is really a tricky, tricky thing. And how much insurance is enough? I'm not really sure. He says, and true, the more you have, the more they can take. So I don't know what the right number is, but I think that, you know, I do think, and I agree with Mike in saying, and I agree with Ace, with this artificial intelligence, the problem with that is it's a kind of, you know, they're not going to know your individual needs, and maybe they'll get to that point someday. Um, but like I said, it really depends on how much risk you want to bear. That's A. Uh, and... You know, your age, because, you know, I think when you're younger, you can recap certain things. Uh, And, you know, you could even get, you know, they used to sell years ago. I think they still have it. And out in the Midwest, a lot of the brokers still use it. Where, like, let's say you're buying a second, not a second home, you're buying a home, but the home is not brand new. You know, they'll give you insurance on appliances and this and that. I mean, you know. So you could really get a lot of insurances. I just think you really have to talk to someone. I think it's hard to get a quote. Um, and I think that with the AI, a lot of it is really online. And I I was talking to Ace on the break. I did a show with for millennials the other day. And I don't know. We I was there in plenty of time because it was downtown. I wanted to make sure I got there early. And I they were talking about products I never even heard of. And I just never want to lose touch with what's going on. But do you think there are a lot of differences I in the way millennials will behave opposed to, let's say, baby boomers and, you know, um, and, and the way they'll buy and the way they'll, their risk tolerance is. I mean, do you see, I mean, because I read all this stuff. I do a lot of reading. And, of course, everything is really just a projection. Uh, but do you, what do you see? Yeah, as? I think there's there's a lot of differences, right? And it. And then now they're talking about the generation after the millennials. Z, is it Z? Yeah, Generation, generation Z, Z. How they're like so hardworking and it's, you know, sort of like the, the opposite well, of what the stigma. Well, millennials aren't the, the <laughs> known as the hard workers. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think behavioral, as we, as time goes by, we're going to see a major difference. I mean, you see it now. You know, baby boomers, when, when they were growing up, it was programmed in, in your mind that real estate was the American dream, right? And if you it, talk to a millennial today... That may not be the case, right? And, so. Well, I remember my father. 
Yeah. You know, he took a second job to buy a house that he really couldn't afford, but my mom wanted it. And when people would come, I would almost be embarrassed. I mean, we had a, a nice house, but it was, you know, a middle class. It was a nice area, but it wasn't anything. He would take them on the tours. He was yeah. so proud of that house. It was just, hey, yeah. you know, the American dream. And again, if you go back after World War II, which everyone had to go to, yeah. I mean, uh, they had the VA, you know, bill, yeah. so you bought no money down. So everyone came out of the war. They married their sweetheart, and they bought the little house with the picket fence. Yeah. And the car industry wanted to have people that bought cars, so it was a good thing that they had to drive. Um, and I remember my dad saying, you know, and your handshake is your word. It's, you know, your when you give your shake, if you shake your hand, that means that's your word. I don't really think that means anything anymore, anymore but yeah. I mean, I... No. So I, I, so I don't want to say it's bad because I remember when I used to talk to my dad and he'd say, well, in my day, I'm like, well, dad, who really cares because that's your day and it's not <laughs> my day. But I do think there are changes in buying. There's changing in habits. I, I think people are now used to wanting things when they want it at the time that they wanted, even the way they watch TV is different. Yeah. And if you look at the young kids, they don't really watch TV. They watch everything online. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I very YouTube's really... Dottie. YouTube's. My son is addicted to YouTube. He just he nonstop and you, you know what the most amazing thing is? He watches other kids play video games all day. That's all he does. He'll watch it's this guy Stampy. How old is uh, it's the son? my son's in first grade. And as a first grader, he, he has his own YouTube. He could work all the TVs. And we want to watch TV. And he goes, no, I want to watch Stampy. Stampy. He's addicted to this guy, Stampy. I wish I was Stampy. Stampy <laughs> just plays video games all day. He's a multimillionaire. Well, that's not a bad life. <laughs> not a bad life. You broadcast yourself playing games. It's amazing. And, Dottie, there's another kid. You'll like this. The parents were smart. They have their, they give their kid a wrap present, and the kid unwraps the present and talks that's, about it. That's and Ryan. they're making millions. That's you know Ryan. Yeah, you know Ryan. Ryan. Amazing. 20, so, guys, he made $22 million last year. What? Ryan. Unwrapping what? presents, Dottie. Ryan. Unwrapping but, presents. Now, like, how did they get that it's, idea? It's called Ryan's Toy Review or something like that. But yes, it's, all it's the most kids, amazing. I mean, he's got millions and millions of followers. The parents were so smart, and he earned $22 million. $22 million? I mean, just unwrapping a present just unwrapping and talking about it? That's it. Talking about it. You got it, Dottie. Okay, so, so see, we're going to change our show. We need to get each other presents <laughs> yeah, and unwrap also, them. The, but listen, <laughs> see, that to me wouldn't like, I would think, well, gee, why would that be a hit? And I never want to get to a point where we really lose touch with what really is going on and with what people really want. And, of course, everything is predictions. I have a million predictions for 2020, and because it's a short show, I'm not going to get to them all. But I do see differences, and this is with – I. I lived through an ace. You were on the show with me then. When we lived through 2007 and 2008, when we were in the recession, there were people on the lines to get their money out of the banks. Mm -hmm. And the headlines were, millennials will never buy homes. They saw their parents lose money. They saw them lose equity. They will never buy homes, which is totally untrue. Not true. Okay? Millennials want to buy. Yeah. They just bought later because they had college debt. Correct. They got married later, et cetera. But they are definitely buyers. Um, and when they look at that, they, I don't see, I, I just see that they're going to want to own real estate, but I was reading an article. Now this is interesting. If of course you live in Tennessee, you might be able to get a house for 200 bucks. 
thousand. But in the city, I read a whole article that they're buying, they're renting places in the city. And by the way, another show will dedicate to buying two family, three family houses. Right. If you got any extra money, I'm telling you, I put my career on this. That's a smart thing to do if, sure. you, if, you, if you're okay being a landlord. And it's not too big a thing that you have to get property managers. But in any event. It's the best job, Dottie. The best job buying, is being a landlord. That they're renting in the city and they're buying second houses. That's it. Okay, now listen to this trend. They want to own, but they're saying it's going to cost me like millions to own like at a 2,000 square feet in the city or 1,500 square feet. It's going to cost me God knows how much. So I'll rent in the city. That's why rents are skyrocketing. But I will buy a home that's a second home, whether it's upstate, whether it's in the Hamptons, whether it's in the Jersey Shores, so that I do have equity in something and I have that place to go. Now, I I do think that's a trend, and I think that's going to continue. They're looking at real estate as cash flow, guys. So just remember that cash flow. I have a friend that just did this, Stace, in Hunter Mountain. They're getting cash flow, like you're saying. And they're also, once or twice a winter, they're going skiing. And they're renting it to all their friends. Hunter Mountain, right on the mountain. They just did it. Smart. So somebody wants to be my show. I won't say the name because I I, I, I would... So she does Airbnbs, and she, like, tells people – she was on television, and she tells people what to do to get income on the Airbnbs. And I would never go to one, okay? Just so you know, I'm not – not that I had a bad experience because I would never go to one because I don't trust – what if they're dirty? Like, the picture's not going to show dirt, okay? I don't don't know if they're going to be clean. If it's a hotel and it's dirty, I'm leaving. So, you know, but – it's the wave of the future, and people are looking at ways to make income. And I don't know about Generation Z, how hardworking or not, but here's – I had a work ethic from my dad. I worked day and night. And I had a partner that always said, well, I don't really care how much somebody works. It's what they really get accomplished in the time they work. And so I think that people value their time and look at that time – as 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 things that they, you know, they don't want to just work, okay? They want to have time to kind of be more balanced. And I think that, you know, initially people think they can do it and not work, and I don't know how you do it and not, I don't know how you do it and not work hard, but I do know that there's so many opportunities. The world is changing. The demographics are changing. There's so many opportunities, and I'll do it next week on the show. I did a story because I think it was the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal had a story. And you know all these uh, developments that Mm -hmm. they have that are maybe the golf developments, which were big for the baby boomers because they were golfers. It was everywhere. And they're not selling, okay? The people don't want to spend the money, and it's an older sport, and they don't want – so they're kind of turning them into smart cities and stuff of that nature and trying to making them kind of hip – so they predict that in 20 years, and I think it was the Wall Street Journal, in 20 years, the youngest, the baby boomers now, the oldest ones are about 74 or something like that. So in 20 years, the youngest ba- the, 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 the younger babies will be in their 70s. So they're looking at all these houses that are going to go on the market, and they're saying that the millennials and Generation Z aren't going to want those houses. Well, that's a big difference, What's going right? to happen? Baby boomers bought these mega mansions, and a lot of millennials, that's just not what they want anymore. So, you know. Right. 
So, you you know, now, could they change as they get yeah, older? They could. They could, but I... We're, I thought we had to 9.45. We don't. No, they're booting us, Dottie. No, no, no. Well, then I'm no. going to have to make a cliffhanger, okay? <laughs> I want to know next week. Tell me. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about what they're going to do and what we think and how you could, look, there's no guarantees in life, but how you could start to plan to make your life successful and get the skills you need to do. To We're in a different world, basically. We are. All right. Um, listen, you might as well enjoy the sun and enjoy 60 degrees, and we'll be back next week. I'm not running from, no, think you got me all wrong. Don't regret this life, just for me. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.